Please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 1. <clears throat> we have been doing a study um, in uh, this epistle, and we're up to a section that I have um, titled, Walking in the Light. And this verse that we're going to look at today actually talks about that specifically. And there are some tremendous revelations in it. Remember again that we're approaching it from the point that the Apostle John had some very interesting encounters. As you know, that he went to heaven and he saw things that no other apostle did. Amen? And so we really need to approach this from that point um, because I believe that there is a lot of insight built into what he is teaching us, but only if we consider or if we acknowledge that he actually did get to heaven. He actually did see things uh, that marked his life and also gave him insights into the Word of God and into what Jesus Christ had been saying all throughout His ministry that He was a part of, um, that finally became revelation. And, and as I said before, you know, he, he ended up becoming one of those people that became very hard to kill. Amen. He just wouldn't die. And you know, I, as much as I love all uh, those amazing apostles that died for their faith, I like the one that lived. Amen. <laughs> okay. All right. Lived by faith. All right. So, not that the others didn't, but he is an extraordinary man. And so, we're going to begin in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. I'm not going to go over any of the things that I did last time, because it's all on YouTube and so on, so you can go and see it there. We're going to move straight into verse 7. He says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light... We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, <laughs> notice again how the Apostle begins this verse by saying, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light. Now, this both has a literal and a figurative application to it. And it's only when we consider both will we understand the full extent of what is being conveyed here? Remember again that the Apostle John did experience much of what we choose to take figuratively in a very literal sense. Alright, in his visit to heaven, as I mentioned before. Therefore, when he writes, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, let's go and have a look at what he experienced firsthand in Revelation chapter 21. I think I brought this to your attention before, but let's go and have a look at this one more time. He's making reference to what he had experienced personally. And he says there in Revelation 21-23, The city had no need for the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. All right, And then he goes on to clarify that the Lamb is its light. Isn't that interesting? All right, So he said that the glory of God illuminated the city, the whole city, there's a, there's a verse that we're going to see today that you're going to see in a whole new light. Yes, I did that on purpose. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I want you to notice that it says that the Lamb is its light. Which means Jesus Christ is, is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Do you understand? So we are talking about Jesus Christ. And so he's telling us that Jesus Christ is the light in heaven. Isn't that tremendous? Now remember, you can't separate the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Okay? And we always try to do that, but don't. Just don't. 
They are God. They are one. And so, that's the reason why, you know, it says that Jesus Christ literally comes out of the right hand of God. Or the right side of God. He doesn't sit at the right hand of God. He actually comes out of the right hand of God. Which is incredible when you think about it anyway. Verse 24, let me go on and read here. He says, and the nations of those, yeah, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its, that is, the Lamb's light. Did you notice that? And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it, into the Lamb's light. So we notice everything is being brought into the light. Think about that. Think about what I just said. <laughs> okay? We need to bring things into the light. All our works, all our deeds, all our thoughts, all our intentions need to be brought into the light. Because sometimes there are some dark things that need to be brought into the light. That will be cleansed in the light. Sometimes we, are, we do a good thing for the wrong reason. Amen. It might be good, but it wasn't God. You know? Okay. Now added to this, the Apostle John also goes on to say in Revelation 22 and verse 5, There should be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord gives them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. The Lord gives them light. There's no need for any external light. The Lord gives them light. Now do you know, that's what the Lord does for you too right now. He will give you light. See, a lot of times we are walking around in the dark. Now I'm going figurative. Okay, we'll go literal in just a minute. But I want to go figurative on this for a minute. All right. A lot of times, you know, we, we don't know where we're going, what we're doing, which direction we're meant to go in. We, we're just in the dark and we're praying and saying, God, I just need to see where I need to go next, what I, what I need to do next. Who knows what I'm talking about, okay? Throughout our life, we are looking for that. And this, is, this verse tells us, see, what the Apostle John did was he understood that everything that he was seeing in a literal sense in heaven could be applied in a spiritual sense down here. And in time would become literal. Everybody goes, okay, that was good until that last part. No, <laughs> okay? Hey, give me a minute, all right? I'll give you a scripture for everything I'm, I'm saying. So it is only as we understand the, this literal application of God that not only, listen, being light, but also being in the light. Will we even begin to understand the figurative applications that the Apostle John was trying to convey to us when he said again in 1 John 1.7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light. Now the best explanation is found actually in what the Apostle John goes on to say. You know, it's best for the person that wrote it to explain it. Can we agree on that? Okay, alright. So we're going to jump ahead into chapter 2 of 1 John. And I want to look at two verses briefly right now. We'll get back to it when we get to those verses, okay? Alright. He says there, he who says he is in the light. Remember we're talking about if we walk in the light. Alright, amen? Alright, so he says, for he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. Notice there is a, now a link between light and love. Hmm. Verse 10, he who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. So he is defining walking in the light as walking in love. 
Can we get amen on that? Do you see that? Okay, all right. So walking in the light definitely involves love, which fits perfectly into the other attribute of God, which the apostle, only the apostle John brings out, and he's, when he says in 1 John 4, verses 8 and 16, that God is love. Now remember, he's the only one that makes these statements. He's the only one that said God is light, and he's the only one that said God is love. Now others have said God has love, but he's the only one that said God is love. There's a big difference. Amen. Okay, so he's beginning to share with us now that God is light, God is love, light and love cannot be separated. Which then comes against all the garbage that people preach. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That says, oh, you know, God is going to do this and test you and try you and vomit. Okay. Love and light doesn't do that. Your mentality does that. And you, you know, it's, religious people are the worst offenders. You know, they persecute themselves and persecute everybody around them. Misery loves company. We noticed? And you know, they're not the light of the world. They run around sucking lemons. You know, they, they, seriously man. I mean, you try to have a conversation with them and you walk away feeling worse than when you went to them. Who needs that? You know, I got enough trouble without you getting involved in it. I'm just saying, okay? Alright. So once again, walking in the light, notice, involves walking in love. And can I say this to you? If God expects this of us, then He obviously expects that of Himself. Just a thought. Also, you can't have one without the other. Anyway, when you do decide... To walk in the light as he is in the light. Then you will begin to display similar attributes to what the Apostle John saw in heaven. Listen. And why Jesus makes this most unusual statement in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. Listen to what he is about to say. Everybody takes this in a figurative sense. But remember the Apostle John has just told us that the Lamb is the light of the whole city. Did you notice those words? Please keep them in mind as I read this. And so Jesus comes down here. He's looking at you and he's saying, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Wow. This light is only possible if we decide to cooperate with God and allow Him to shine through us. It takes a cooperation. In fact, if we don't ever come into the light, we'll never become the light. Now I'm giving you some insights. Did you hear what I just said? If you never come into the light, you will never become the light. Isn't it interesting that God is light and He lights everything around Him? Do you know what's interesting when we come into the light? See, for us, we have to go into the light and then we begin to shine with that light. Do you understand? So God is light and He displays that light. He, that, that light goes out from Him. When we come into that light, that light comes into us and we begin to shine. That's why Jesus says, you are the light of the world. He didn't say, you're just a little light. 
that's under a little bushel. And let my little light shine. I will not sing. Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> there is no little light. We've we got to stop this, man. We've got to get to a place where we believe what God says. And we can't water it down to what we think we can manage. Remember who is in us. See, people preach this stuff, but they don't believe it. I mean, I'm talking preachers. Okay? <laughs> they say, well, you know, do you like, would you like to receive the Lord into your heart? And once he comes in there, then, they, you know, then you're a sinner and you're bad. and you're, You know, I'm not singing Michael Jackson today. Okay, you know, okay, <laughs> I sang it last week. You know, you're bad, you're bad. Okay, anyway. Okay. <laughs> Somebody said, I didn't sing that high. Anyway, the thing, <laughs> the thing is that if the light comes in you, guess what begins to happen? You start to shine. You're meant to shine. And that takes all kinds of applications. You need to understand that when you are in a crowd, you should be shining. You should be the one that's the life of the crowd. You should be the one that everybody sees and everybody wants to be a part of. Do you know light attracts? Generally speaking. Unless they want to stay in the dark. Some do. Okay. But, you know, the right kind of light. Not the one that hurts you. Remember we talked about that last time. Amen. This is a good light. This is the light that you feel safe in. You know, the, the light that all the kids, when they're little, want? Isn't it interesting? When we're little, we want the light. As we grow up, we're looking for the darkness. Not we here, but generally speaking, people. But as Christians, it's interesting, we, redis- we rediscover that light. And we look for it again. And we begin to walk towards it and into it. And something miraculous begins to happen. It begins to shine through us. Amen. And we, are, we, we, we should be coming to a place where we are shining so bright. Do you know what that means? That you begin to excel in everything that you do. Amen. And if there is something physically that needs to be fixed in you, fix it. There are miracles waiting with your name on it. You just need to reach out and receive it. Somebody needs to tell you about it first. I'm telling you. Aren't you glad you came today? Okay, now you know. Now you can do something about it. It's like having money in the bank, man. If you don't know it's there, you don't know where to go withdraw. But if somebody said, did you know that there's an account with your name on it? With a lot of money in it? You go, I didn't know. Let's go. Okay. All right, back to this. (laughs) But... (laughs) But if we don't ever come into the light, then we're never going to become the light. And there are some who will, in fact, refuse. And Jesus explains this in John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. <clears throat> Excuse me. He, 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 um, the Apostle John, again, notice his writing. He says, and this is a, con- a condemnation that the light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Getting this? Verse 20, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come into the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes into the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Now, this begins to tell us something. There's some very important information in this that tells us that the more that we do the wrong thing, See, now you begin to understand. I told you before that God tells us not to sin, not to, you know, kind of cramp our style. 
But because He knows how He has wired us, He created us and He knows what will cause us to excel. Are you all with me? And so He says, here are the things that you need to do to excel. What the devil has come and done is he said, oh, that stuff is just taking away from you having fun. And he redefined all of it. And, and, you know, I mean, people in the world had this saying like, you know, if you don't remember last night, you probably had a great time. How do you know? The enemy has gone and done all sorts of crazy things, got the world to believe it. And so they go down that direction and they don't even know what they're on about. But can I say this, what he's trying to do, and let me just say this now, and I hope you get this, okay? What he has been doing and working very hard at doing is making sure that we don't walk in the light. Because he knows that if we walk in the light, we'll begin to shine with that light. And then it's going to prove to everyone around you that there is something more to this world and what they believe in than just this physical realm. That there is more. Amen? Now, notice here that the more good you begin to do, the more you walk in the light. That is the pathway to becoming the light. To where Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Did you notice? And he didn't say, you're just going to be a little light. He said, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. See, what would happen a lot of times in ancient times is that you know, when, when people are lost, they would look up on a hill. If there was a city and it was lit, that would become their beacon. And they would head towards the light. Do you understand? All right. See, it wasn't like today. You got lots of lampposts and lights everywhere. <laughs> okay? Have you ever noticed when lights go out on your street? It gets very dark. Have you noticed? Can you imagine how it would have been back then? There's no lights. Nobody, you know, had invented the light bulb yet. And you can't light candles all over the <laughs> That doesn't work, man. It doesn't last so long. So it would be very dark outside. Do you hear me? And so a city on a hill would really stand out. And that's what Jesus Christ was trying to say to you, that you become that city on a hill to all the people that are lost around you. Amen? And you need to be that city for people. To give us a little bit more insight into this, D.A. Carson writes, There are two important differences. First, the person who loves the darkness practices evil. I want you to get that word practices, okay? Now, I don't want you to think, I did something bad today. I'm evil, I'm bad, I'm bad. Okay, (laughs) it's not that. Okay? Notice it says, practices evil. This is where a lot of people, a lot of preachers go wrong in ministering this. Alright, we looked at this before. It's a continuous thing. It's not that you you make mistakes or you're, you're battling with something in your life. It's none of those things. It's something that you do that is wrong, that you'll enjoy doing, that you don't want to stop. That is destroying you, by the way. By the way. Because when you walk in darkness, that's exactly what happens. See, the enemy wants to destroy you one way or the other. So he'll do everything that he can to get you to walk his path. Whereas the Bible says that the the, the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. 
But can I say, the steps of the unrighteous are ordered by something else? You've got to read both sides of that one. Amen? So, please don't, if you're, if you're making mistakes, you know, and you've got stuff happening in your life, this is not you. If you are fighting it, it's not you. If you're uber enjoying it, as my daughter would say, all right, <laughs> and you don't want to change, and you want to draw other people into it, now we have a problem. That is the person we're talking about. Get it? Okay, moving on. So here he says again, the person who loves the darkness. Notice they love the darkness. They're not trying to get away from the darkness. They love the darkness practicing evil. Do you see that now clearly? Okay. And an uh, indeterminate succession of worthless deeds. Okay? Because that's all evil produces. Uh, just a succession of worthless deeds. You leave no legacy behind. And if you do, it's a bad one. <laughs> okay? Just saying. Alright? His counterpart does the truth. Which suggests ad- adherence to the truth as it is in Jesus Christ. Second, and more importantly, while the lover of darkness shuns the light out of fear of exposure, shame, and conviction, I won't preach on those today, the lover of light does not uh, prance forward, listen now, does not prance forward to parade his wares with a cocky self-righteousness, but comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. That's the only reason he does it in union with Him, and therefore by His power, and may I add, to His glory. Okay? And that's the only reason why... See, remember what... We, we're looking at the life of Jesus right now, and it's very interesting. Every time Jesus heals someone, they, they didn't glorify Him, they glorified God. And I don't know why the Pharisees and Sadducees and all them fellows... Sees, okay, got upset with him when they glorified God. Was that not the same God they were worshipping? Is it not a good thing for people to glorify God? Unless they are taking that glory away from you. And we still have that problem today. So what we see in this is that those who love darkness will darken their soul over time. While those who love the light will begin to shine on the inside. And in time, as Jesus puts it in John 12, 36, will become the sons of light. Now, let let me just say this. You know, please don't look at that verse and think, oh, that'd be right. It's all the males again. Okay, for those of you that haven't been in this church, let me quickly explain that. (laughs) Okay. When it talks about sons, when it says that you are the sons of God, the reason it doesn't say you are the daughters of God is because God doesn't make a distinction between male and female. If you receive Jesus Christ, His Son, He sees His Son in you. So while the church world argues about, well, can women do the same thing that men can? God doesn't know what they're on about. That's the height of stupidity. Because all He sees is His Son in them. Male or female, you are the sons of God. Amen? And so when He sees you, He sees Jesus Christ. He doesn't, you know, like somebody said, doesn't check under the skirt. You know, some Scottish people wear skirts too, okay? The men, okay? Alright, He doesn't check under to see whether you're male or female. 
He checks inside of you to see, is the sun there? If the sun is there, then can I say this to you once and for all? You can do whatever the sun can do. But I'm the wrong gender. Who said? Genesis 1.26, and he gave them dominion. Now, you know, I don't have time to go preach on all the verses that everybody uses to say otherwise. I have pulled those verses apart. And it saddens me even till today how people are so ignorant of those things. But do you know what I realize? Why they're ignorant? Because they want to be. Remember Jesus said, they, you know, they want to walk in the dark because they don't want to know the truth. Do you know that is true in religion as well? Isn't that sad? That there is still bondage going on in the church, which should be the freest organization. We should be leading the world. You know, they should finally go, oh, there should be equality. And we go, really? Only now you got it? Well, that's only 2,000 years. Okay, well, okay, finally you got it, you know. It's really sad to see the opposite happening. It saddens me. Because the Bible, everything it says, it talks about you are the sons of God. It doesn't say sons and daughters. Now I put that in a song just to include all the ladies. But, <laughs> but you need to understand, God sees all of you as His sons. So when you go in prayer to God, He sees Jesus Christ coming to Him. Amen. And so, you need to ask yourself one question. I've got off topic, but let, never mind for a second. You need to ask yourself one question. Will God do this for him? Men and ladies, okay? That's the one question you ask. Will God answer Jesus Christ's prayer? The answer is, of course. Then don't doubt. Because God said, their righteousness is of me saith the Lord. It's not yours, because yours is filthy rags. So we never go in that. Don't ever go to God based on what you think you deserve. You're going to lose that fight. Amen? You go to God and say, based on who lives in me, <laughs> okay? Because I received Him as Lord. He is Lord now. You base it on that truth, and then you watch how every prayer begins to get answered. And then you also realize that you're not going to ask things that are outside of His will. Amen. Because the same apostle that says God is light, God is love, and that you, know, uh, that you are all overcomers and everything else, also says in verses 14 and 15 in John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if He hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. That's the reason why He got every prayer answered. Because He knew to ask according to God's will. And He got it. He understood that God wills the very best for you. See, He didn't ever look at it and think, Oh, God's will is probably about down here somewhere. What I want is up here somewhere. The other way. What you want is about down here in God's eyes. What he wants for you, it'll take a couple of days for you to close your mouth when he's finished with you. You know, one of those, one of, one of those things, just in case nobody got the visual. Okay, <laughs> all right. 
You will be so shocked. You know why? Because he intends to get involved in whatever he called you, anointed you, designed you to do. You were never meant to do it by yourself. He was meant to empower you, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen? Okay. Now you understand all that just to to explain that you will become the sons of light. Got it? That's all of you. You all have the son living in you. Amen. There's no daughters. There's no princesses. Anyway, sorry, sorry. That's my bad, my bad. Okay. So, (laughs) listen. In the natural, it's different. Okay, in the natural, my little Sarah is my little princess. But listen to me. In the kingdom, she's a king and a priest. So when she prays, when she goes in the, into the throne room of God, God doesn't say, oh, little princess, oh, come here, would you, would you? Okay, that, <laughs> that does not happen. When she walks in, she walks in as a priest and as a king. And when she begins to declare, when she says things, she's declaring things. And the angels stand there and go, quick, write down. Royalty, we're in the presence of royalty. Write down whatever she's saying. Because we need to carry all that out. Do you know they record what you pray? So please don't go in there with your tutu, okay? You go in there. You know, you know I'm just telling you, man, okay? You go in there as a king and a priest. Because that's who, <laughs> that's who lives in you. That's who you are in the kingdom of God. Amen. It's all of us. Hallelujah. All right, I'm out of time. When we come back next time, we're going to go on and look at the next part of the verse where it says, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light, and I hope that you, get, you have a revelation of that now. Because if you don't get that revelation, you will not get the next part of this verse. When He says, we have fellowship with one another. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> okay? You know, you'll see next week. We're out of time. Okay, let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.